babe. Hello all and welcome to the Affluent Marriage Podcast. You're listening to one financial coach and one educator talk about living a rich and full marriage through generational wealth building principles, authentic two-way communication, and everything in between to become a couple that lives in love and walks in wealth. Your legacy begins here. Did you like my... um... My goodness, Kim. It feels so good Mm. to not be congested. Can (laughs) I just say that? For the last like five episodes, we have been through the wave of some type of congestion. It has just been a grueling month of March. In fact, in editing, (laughs) there was one moment where he was like, look at how many like spikes we had to like cut out because of when I've had a coughing fit or when there was at least five edits in the last video. And on average, three or four edits every video that I had to cut and splice and chop. And it's just, man, it was not editing a little bit difficult. And when you go back and listen, like I can hear it because it's my voice, but it was very nasal. Like you Mm -hmm. could just tell that it was stuffy and I'm just like, oh, I hate this. I can't wait to get back. And here we are. No, you got to do what you got to do. Now we're now it's getting nicer outside. And so spring has sprung and our daughter is dealing with allergies, which I didn't realize she had, but apparently she does. And Daniel is dealing with a little bit of allergies, but Nothing. You know, not as bad as it was last to the month of March. Not as bad as that. Not even close. But but we're back. We just got back from our spring break. We decided to take one week off because it's my business and I get to do whatever I want. That and I decided right. to focus that on is your, my that is your family. Flex. Your millionaire flex is that you're able to say when and when you don't want to do something in your business. Uh, you call the shots. And I made that shot. Yeah. That and was really I nice though. Took we needed it and it. I made it. Yeah, we've been working really hard and it felt really good to have a week off to not have to do anything. We still did some, you know, content and we still talked. We dreamt a lot over that week, but it's nice to be back because we've got some stuff for you. So I want to kind of give us a review to remind ourselves of what we were talking about, which would have been now like two weeks ago, but also the listeners for Mm -hmm. them, you know, if they just listen to episode 10, which is a part of Graham fam, then they just listen to it. This is all, you know, just it's consecutive for them. But for us, it's been a little bit. It's been about two weeks. Yeah. So last pod, babe, we talked about creating a safe place conversation with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And that conversation that we had can be used as a centerpiece for every single conversation in your marriage. Like about every single like facet of relationships, this thing that we talk about in that episode can be used. And it was really, really cool. Um, we actually did a mock safe place conversation of what it sounds like when we have these conversations, a real conversation that we actually had. And we really work through and talk through every single step, every single part of why that conversation is so valuable in a relationship. Um, and yeah, we really just go really deep as to like why you say certain things the way you say them and what type of practice it took to get to this point. Like it was really good. It was definitely some some marriage therapy and we are not therapists. I am not saying any claim on it, but I will say that if if you listen to that episode, it might have changed something though, about the way that you view how you talk to You could stuff. use that safe place conversation for talking about your children's mm-hmm. education and schooling, public versus private, you know, maybe we've that's a conversation. That conversation we've had that many times. You know, <laughs> your home, moving, you know, the space you want to live in, what your needs are, what his or her needs are, what you want to do for a vacation, your dreams. Yeah. Your dreams, whether you want to quit, you know, 
your job. Oh yeah, yeah, career for sure. Yeah, like it's it's you this type it. of conversation literally can be used in any part of your marriage. But today we're going to go on to part three, which is our money talk about talking money uh-huh. with your spouse. Yes. But first, ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing this for the first time on this podcast. Is that your, I could probably that's add like roll. a drum that's roll to roll. the No, the this one's perfect. Yeah, that, that's good. This yeah. Is it. This is it. We have big news. <laughs> we have an announcement. Something is coming this December, eight months from now. Babe, tell them what's happening. Well, we are so excited because we are expecting a cruise. (laughs) We are going on a cruise, but not just any cruise. We are going on a Disney cruise, but the girls don't know, so don't tell them. But they're sleeping. Talking about dreams, right? This is, (laughs) hey, this is Kim's dream. Let's listen, just be very clear. Now, am listen. I excited? Absolutely. Yes. Is it going to be a great time? I, I say, love. You're going to love it. <laughs> I love an all-inclusive vacation. Eat as yeah. much as I want. Do whatever I want. Like, right. oh, but give it to we me. We have never done a family vacation. Any vacation we've done with the girls has been to his parents' house. Has been to, you know, something with with my family, and it's been very much like we only go places where I don't. It's not even on purpose. We, my husband and I, have gone on plenty of vacations without the girls. And had a good time. Had a good time. We've gone to Disney several times. We've gone on cruises. We've done all those types of things without the girls. Um, So we know how to vacation, but we have never taken, we have not yet taken the kids, partially because it was just a lot of logistics. And um, so, yeah, anyway, so this is the first time that we're taking the girls somewhere and it's just us and we're going on a family vacation. Um, So, yes, it is something that I chose, but I know that my girls will love it. Like they are going to, and I didn't want to do the parks because the parks is just a lot of walking and they're not ready for that yet. I'm not ready for that yet. Don't ruin that magic for me of like walking around and being sweaty and like wrangling my kid. That's like, can't even like communicate how she's feeling because she's exhausted. We don't need that. We don't need that. So I felt like this was the perfect place for us to start while still getting the experience and the magic without having to have a huge park to travel. So. Right. Disney sells you on that moment where your kids first see the castle, right? But mm-hmm. what they don't sell you on is like the bathroom breaks and like, oh, yeah. it's like half a mile away to find the next bathroom yeah, and that's, we got to mm-hmm. get there or the temper tantrums mm-hmm. or like the and exhaustion. I, mean, I have my or, own. We're not ready for that. I have my own mini temper tantrums when it's just us going because I'm hot or because I'm hungry or I want to. I don't want to stand in line anymore, right? I cannot imagine that. <laughs> with a six and a three-year-old so yeah our big deal last yeah. time was uh i did not download the app i was so which mad. had like what was on the app that was so important everything Dude, everything if you're listening to this and you are an avid disney goer can you just like you you should be making the same face i'm making which i'm like are you kidding me everything is on the app i just like everything so i just <laughs> i don't know like you had the app and i was like you know i'm just gonna follow whatever you say and so, i'm just gonna do whatever you do like kim knows the map she knows the route she knows uh-huh, the times like uh-huh. you had it all and i was like if i need something i'm gonna uh-huh. ask my boo so so this is a really good like marriage like communication tip right it is not all be- perfect and hunky-dory here okay like i just want to make sure that you guys know that we talk and we also walk the walk but there's also moments where i'm like why are you not I, I think part of the thing is the last time we went to disney we went with a bunch of our friends a couple friends so it was a couple trip there was like three of us three couples that went and we were having a, a blasty blast and you know how when your husband gets with his guys he just becomes a different person like it's okay it's cool i get it 
but he was a totally different like like dude and i was like can you focus and like i I need you to understand that we have a schedule for today we have lightning lanes we have reservations in places people are expecting us to be you know at this restaurant at this time and i need you to navigate and he was just like gallivanting around we're gonna have to put some pictures on instagram because we actually what do they call it when you show up to the park as a character Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you Disney bound. A Disney, we that, well, yeah. So we, we Disney, Disney bounded bound. as uh, some birds. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. That's right. So yeah. I had to act a fool. I had to be my bird, that my best the bird day, self. Though. It was. I understand why, but I was like, definitely had one of those moments where I was sitting at a restaurant in Disney with all of our friends, and I had like a grimace on my face because I was just like, "Why are He's you annoying. the way that you are?" <laughs> but anyway you so that, that's just with with us i do not want to add in a mix of a six and a three-year-old who are fighting and can't figure out how to like settle themselves down on top of that like that would just not be magical right so at least those moments were few and far between but they did happen i just don't we're not ready for that so anyway yes we're going on a disney cruise in december and it's exciting because it's a Christmas cruise and we're going on the Disney Wish. It's a merry time cruise. It's a merry time cruise. Get it? Merry time. Merry. Mary, but Mary. I didn't get it at first, but I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry time cruise. Merry time. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Okay. So some news came out recently and okay, yes. I have to get it off my chest. I posted about it on Instagram today. You know, I talked about it on my Facebook too. After you did sent me you? that, I did. I went on Facebook and I went live on my page and talked about it because I Go ahead and talk about what you're going to talk about, but I'll tell you what I said. So I was inspired by Hamilton. It says, now place your bets on who you think that benefits. Yeah. Right? Ooh, sorry. It's just so mad. He's so mad. All right. Let's just talk about this, right? If you don't know what I'm talking about, the FHA just released that they're going to be opening up to select people the 40-year home loan. If you guys don't already get the the stupidity in that listen up okay so (laughs) i get why it can be perceived as a good deal because Mm -hmm. what it's going to allow is people who can currently not afford a home Mm -hmm. because they can't afford the monthly payment because Mm -hmm. interest rates are crazy Mm -hmm. high and mortgage prices are crazy high homes are and they are they're they're they egregious. Like they are very high priced. Like I'm not going to belittle are. that. Like that is very true. So what yeah. the 40 year loan is going to allow is monthly payments to be lower. Mm-hmm. So people that cannot afford a home, cannot afford a home, mm-hmm. will then be able to purchase that home on that 40 year loan and their monthly payment will be low. That sounds, if you stopped so right there, mm-hmm. that sounds that sounds good. I that can't appealing. afford a home because I don't make enough. I don't have enough money. But if I applied for a 40, gosh, I can't even say it. 40 years, I know, Kim. 40 years. That is half your life. I mean. You are signing a up, contract. A contract for half of your life. Like, yes, I will spend half of my life paying for this. I know that you can walk away from it and, you know, whatever. But Yeah, like, but that was my thing, too. The mm. thing that I talked about was the equity. Like, your equity goes down, right? You're not going to be able to put as much towards that. So the thing that I talked about was how, if you've ever looked at the interest versus the principal, right? Just that alone. Look at it with your credit cards. Look at it with your mortgages. If you look at the interest versus the principal, 
When you make a payment to your credit card, for example, and it's the exact same with your mortgage, you would think that if I have, you know, a thousand dollars, um, a loan, for example, you would think, okay, I'm going to put down like, you know, 50 bucks on this, let's just say, and it's going to go towards the principal, which is the main amount that you're trying to pay off. That is not the case. Majority of the payment that you make is going towards the interest. And so it takes a while. If you look at an interest map, it literally shows you month after month, if you're paying the minimum payment, how much of that payment, that minimum payment you're making that goes towards the interest versus the principal. Majority of your payment goes towards the the interest before it gets to the principal, which means it's going to take you years before you even touch the principal more than the interest. And that is the problem because you're never actually getting out of debt. You're just creating more interest for yourself and you never actually touch the principal. That is a, that's what they, that's what they rope you into. That's what they rope you into. You hit the nail on the head, right? So we talked about what the pro is, right? How it could be considered appealing and why someone might want to consider this. I, Listen, when you sign a 40-year mortgage, okay, there's so much that could go into this. When you first sign on, there's a strong chance it it pretty much is going to be this way. Your first payments, like maybe for the first few years, are going to be interest-only oh, yeah. payments. You're only paying You're interest. not even going to touch Mm-mm. equity, like having equity in the home right. until years down the line. Right. And so that's why I was saying like, you're not making, you're not actually owning the home. It's not an asset. Like it's not an asset. You can't sell it to make money back. Even when you do are like, Hey, I'm ready to sell it. It's been 10 years. You're not going to have as much equity as you think that you should have because you've only been paying on the interest. You haven't actually paid on the principal. And that, that right there is the, is that's how they get you in everything in credit cards and mortgages and anything that you have a loan with an interest rate. This is how they get you pay attention to the interest. Right. Cause a lot of people don't like renting cause they mm-hmm. say, well, every month I'm throwing away my own money to a landlord. I'm throwing away my own money to some organization. It's like not I, I'm, it's not, mm-hmm. I want to own my own home so I can have equity. And when I pay money every month, it's almost like putting a little bit back in my pocket cause right. I'm putting it towards a home and I'm buying the home and that's equity. That's an asset. This but is not it. This is not that. No. When you're, it's almost like renting. Like yeah. you're just paying someone. Like instead yeah. of paying a landlord, you're paying the now bank. you're paying the bank back, right? Yeah. You're paying for that loan. You're just paying interest for those those first few years. Yeah. And, and they're over there having a blast. Like, having a blast. Yes. When we talked to our realtor when we first moved into this place, she said most people stay in their first home, right? If this is your first home, you can't afford a home and you're buying your one for the first time. Like, do you remember how many years she said most people Isn't stay? It like two or three. Or is it longer than that? It was somewhere between three and five. Okay, okay. But if we're thinking about this example, within those first three and five years, you've pretty much built no equity. So when it's time to sell, right, right, and you're like, okay, well, I've put five years worth of you know mortgage payments into this home. I'm going to use some of that equity that I have to use towards my down payment into the next place. Guess what? You You have nothing. You got nothing. You got nothing. Thought this was going to be an asset for yourself, and it's not. So you find yourself in this position where you're Mm -hmm. stuck. You're stuck, and they're betting on that. And I, I even said in the the live that I did earlier today, I was talking about the stimulus checks, right? Because you think, right? This, think about the habits you currently have, right? You're going to give yourself this this self talk. Okay, I'm going to get this 40 year loan. This 40 year loan is going to be it. I'm going to do this and I'm going to pay extra payments on it. And you might think that you're going to. You might have every intention to. But let me ask you this question. Your habits 
in your routine is going to be a huge indicator of whether that's actually going to happen. Do you pay extra on your credit card? Do you actually stay out of that debt? Do you pay extra on your current, like any type of debt that you have, do you pay extra on it, on your student loan or whatever? Do you invest even? Like, I, I mean, is there any type of money that you're actually saying, I'm going to put extra in my investments? Does that ever cross your mind? When you got stimulus checks in from the first couple of years when we were dealing with COVID, did any of that money go towards making sure that you had additional savings, going towards investments, paying extra on your credit card, paying off something. If the answer is no to any of those things, do not think that you getting a 40-year loan and saying, I'll pay extra on the loan is going to happen because it's not. I can say that because you can look at your past patterns and realize you probably haven't looked at your finances, know where your money is going in the first place. So how in the world are you going to pay extra on that loan? Yeah. And here's my thing, right? We have a 15-year loan, and I'm, I'm not saying the 15-year loan is the end-all, be-all. It's not for everyone. All right? I'm not saying that. But that's what we have. And this 15-year loan is going to be paid off in how many years, babe? Like, we paid it off in eight. In eight, eight, right? Yeah. But at worst-case scenario, it's paid off in 15. Right. Right? Here's my point. If we had a 30-year or a 40-year loan, when you have years like we had last year where we had the month where the differential broke and that was like mm-hmm. two grand mm-hmm. to fix and mm-hmm. we had a month where the fridge broke and that was like 800 to fix and we had a month where the dryer broke twice and we had to mm-hmm. spend like 400 on that and then you had quarters mm-hmm. where it your was income mm-hmm. was low, right? Are we going to be making extra payments to our house? No. Not during those years because life happens. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you most people are going to say, oh my gosh, I, I meant to pay, my, pay extra towards this, but this you will find those reasons every single month. And all of a sudden, 10 years have gone by and you have not made a single additional payment to the thing that you promised that you would make additional payments to. It comes down to your routine and your habits. If you don't, if you're not doing it now, you're not going to do it. Don't get blinded by, oh, a lowered monthly payment and oh, 40 years. Oh, okay. I, I can do that. Um, don't, don't. Oh my gosh. Cause I can see people in like a decade are going to be like, this was the worst decision. I don't even I give made. it that long. You don't think I so? would say three, four you years think, from now. Cause people are going to recognize it was when the they go worst to sell or, you know, and they realize they don't have much equity mm-hmm. and they've been basically paying rent, yep. just paying interest this whole time. Yep. And here was my point earlier, right? So a 15 year loan at worst is paid in 15 years, even when you have bad years. Right. Right. But that 30, 40, you think you're going to put money down, mm-hmm. but during those payment. bad years, you're not going to. Nope. In those bad months, you're not going to. And you know, you're not going to really pay it off any faster. Right. We just got something. Uh, speaking of equity, I think this is important to note. We get something from our mortgage company that tells us how much we can take out of our HELOC. Okay. So a HELOC is a, what is it? Home equity line of credit that you can take out. Yeah. You dip into your equity. You dip into the equity. And you but you have to pay it back. It. You have to yep. pay it back. There's still interest. It's a loan, all this stuff. Anyway, but it's money. It's my, it's our money that we've paid into the house, right? And I love how every quarter it goes up. Like it was like 70K for the longest time. And I just got something that said we could take out 100K, right? Imagine, and this is, again, we've only been in this house for eight years, not even seven, seven no, years. No, we have a six-year-old. So yes, so six years. Um, well, seven, because I was pregnant when I got into this house. So anyway, seven years. So all that to say, like in seven years, we've made 100K. What? Like we've put that much into the house and paid off over a hundred K into this house, right? Like it's, that's absolutely insane. Where in the world can you get those types of returns unless you put that much effort into paying? And we paid extra payments probably the first five. 
We used tax returns years? and we used extra jobs. Sure. Yeah. But the last two years, we've kind of been keeping it cool because we've been putting more money towards other things like investments and, you know, making sure we have other savings for other things. But still, that's been working in our favor. We have a hundred. If you do a 40K or 40 year loan in eight years, you're not going to have any equity. You're not going to have anything to borrow against even if you attempted to do a HELOC. You're going to have nothing. So we went off only really talking about interest right here and the terms. And But I, I want to say this too, right? Sometimes when you fill out these or you sign up for these 40-year loans, sometimes you have fixed rate mortgages. Yeah. Sometimes you have adjustable rate mortgages, arms, right? And you've recently had a friend who's kind of gone through something like this, right? You had yeah. two friends who both took out HELOCs. One had a fixed rate, one had an adjustable rate. Mm -hmm. And because it was a variable rate, the rates have changed recently. The interest is higher. Mm -hmm. Their monthly payment went from like... Went from like 500 to 2,000. That's, something drastic that's no small mm -hmm. number right like and it's the difference between her staying home and living out her dream life of being able to um be home uh with the kids homeschool and start her own business and being stuck at a job that she doesn't really care for so you need to look at you, the fine print when you look at these things and make sure you understand those interests. you understand yeah. fixed and variable and mm -hmm. what that impact could be later on right yeah. Look at that chart. The interest and principal chart will completely like blow your mind with your credit card and your mortgage. Look at that chart. It is very much available. You can easily find it. See where your money is going every time you make a payment. I guarantee you're going to have Absolutely. a different thought about this. I'll bring the chart thing. to you. I'm going to read this to you real quick. Oh, okay. All right. Do it. <clears throat> okay. As a quick example, let's do some quick math. Okay. Let's assume you have $225,000 in a loan amount on a house mm -hmm. with a 250 purchase price at 4% interest. Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically you put down about $25,000. Uh, your interest rate is 4% and your loan is 225 because okay. you put 25 down. Yep. Okay. On a 30 year term, the monthly payment is around $1,074.18. And over the course of 30 years, the amount that you're going to pay in interest is $161,706.39. Now, just think about that for a minute. This is, this is 30 year loan, 4%. And you know, mortgage rates are way higher than higher that right than now, that. right? Mm -hmm. So you're paying, this example is like so old right. <laughs> when you think about it. Right. 4%. So your house cost 250000 you pay off that two hundred fifty thousand, and on top of that, in interest, you're paying one hundred sixty-one, almost one hundred sixty-two thousand dollars in interest on four percent, which is you're not going to find that right now. No, right, way higher. Let's talk about forty-year mortgage. This hurts. Okay, here's the sexy part: your monthly payments nine hundred forty dollars, and that's the part they're selling you on. Watch for these things. Your monthly payments nine hundred forty. Like okay that's a little bit more reasonable for me. That's a little bit more affordable. Like mm -hmm. that's within my means. Like mm -hmm. I can make that happen. Okay. But the total interest paid over 40 years, $226,373. That's huge. That's a significant difference would, between even just between the 30 yeah. and the 40, right? 161, hundred thousand versus 226. Like that's a massive $60,000, difference mm -hmm. in those 10 years. And remember, your loan amount was two twenty five. See, so pretty much the interest paid two is two hundred twenty six, right? <laughs> right. You pretty much bought two of the same houses over forty years. Over forty years, and you're hoping that the house prices go up, 
right? That you don't know? Because I don't truly believe a house can be considered an asset. Like you look at, a lot of people thought their home was an asset and then 2008, 2009 happened and they realized their home was actually a liability. Right. So you just don't want to, you just don't want to catch yourself up in that, right? There's so many other options out there for you to do. And I think you have to really think about that, that toddler baby. I've been talking to my clients about this often. The toddler baby within you is like that, that baby that's like, oh, but I really want to have a house, Kim. It makes me feel so good to have a house. I get it. I get it. I get it. But at what cost? At what cost of your future self? At what cost when you decide that you want to quit your job because you want to stay home with your kid, when you decide that you want to go on more vacations and spend more time with your family, when that family member is sick and you want to take off and be able to go with, be with them, when you want to have additional cash flow to do whatever it is that you want to do, at what cost are you willing to like chain yourself to 40 years and basically paying for an additional house. Yeah, I'm going to leave it with this, all right? Because we actually need to move on to our yeah, sorry, guys. conversation. No, no I'm not I'm sorry. sorry. Listen, not sorry. <laughs> just because the monthly payment is affordable mm-hmm. doesn't mean the house is affordable for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, I can afford $940. That doesn't mean that $225,000 loan is affordable for yep. you. And you can't always think to yourself, oh, you know, and I'm not saying that you don't want to believe that you'll make more money. I hope you make more money. I hope you do. But you don't want to chain yourself to be like, I hope I do. I hope I do. Give yourself room to breathe as you walk into the situation. Hey, this is Kim Graham from the Affluent Marriage Podcast. We hope you're enjoying what you're listening to so far. But if you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish I knew more about what's going on in Kim and Dan's world. I want to ask some specific questions and be able to get extra resources. Well, you might want to think about joining the Graham fam. Now, I know I love exclusive content and I love having more of Kim in my life. And if that's something you're interested in, you can be a subscriber and you can get exclusive episodes that no one else is going to hear that's going to help you build generational wealth and have more authentic two-way communication. Links are down in the show description. You'll be able to click and see more information about GramFam and we hope to see you behind the scenes. Have a great one and let's get back to the show. Okay, (laughs) we'll have to do this another time to talk about no that, that needed to be so said much. because i was it just blew my mind hearing that earlier today because all i could think about was that and i just i'm glad i just had a chance to just who get that out i feel we better should, we should okay better. so we have a youtube right so if you're watching this on youtube what's up put us in the comments like subscribe all those words that i can't say we should just splice that one part and just like do this as like for that. sure we can do that because that not just for the podcast the podcast can hear the whole thing but like because that needs to be shared because <laughs> it's such a good, people need to hear this. You know what else needs to be shared? How to create yes. a safe place with money. Let's do the this. The money talk. The money talk. The- so during the Grand Fan Pod, we, like we said, we broke down, we had a mock conversation where we mm-hmm. went into great detail about an actual safe place conversation that we had. A real conversation. And we, a real conversation. And we broke it down piece by piece mm-hmm. and made actionable steps of how you can have this safe place conversation with your partner. Mm-hmm. And that was episode 10. Today, we're going to do something similar, but we're not going to go into as great detail about how to cultivate that safe place conversation. Mm-hmm. But we are going to kind of hyper focus and zoom in on talking about specifically money, right? The safe place conversation could be about education, careers, vacations. I mean, it could, everything. you could put that into anything. Yes. I will also say if you have not consider, consider joining Graham fam. 
Um, it is a paid subscription, but it gives you access. We do additional episodes that are more of a deep dive. We want to do Q and A's that are live or just be able to answer your questions more in depth in our calls or in our podcast. Um, and we want to be able to give you guys resources every now and then, and just really, really want this place to be, um, a space where you can ask more questions to, of us so that we can give more value to you. Um, so yeah, make sure you check it out and you should be able to look in the link in description and get more info there. Love that. So like I said, we're going to zoom in a bit more on money today with our safe place conversation. So mm -hmm. we are going to create a safe place about money with your spouse. That is crucial for productive and healthy conversations. Here's some tips that we're going to provide you to create a safe environment to discuss money matters. Mm. Tip number one, choose the right time and the right place. Make sure you choose a quiet and comfortable place where you can both sit down and talk without any distractions or interruptions. Mm -hmm. It's also important to choose a time when you're both relaxed, you're not stressed, mm -hmm. and you're definitely not in a hurry. Correct, that's the best. So Kim, for you and I, what, what's, what's a good time? Normally it's after the girls go to bed. Um, we actually have it down, once it becomes something that is more routine for you, where you guys can have these conversations, you kind of find times to just have the quick conversations and they can be done really fast. But when we first started, we did our conversations at Starbucks. We had no kids, so it wasn't like we needed to be, um, you know, whatever. We just didn't want to be in the house. Um, it's easy to get distracted. So we went to Starbucks, but and got ourselves a nice little latte and then talked about money. Um, but a good time for us currently is after the girls go to bed. In fact, at the timing of this, it is now 10.03 in the evening. This is the best time for us to do podcasts. So stop making excuses that you don't have time. Right, That's as of PSA. 15 minutes ago, our daughter was still awake back there just yeah. chilling out in her, her bed. She, yeah, but she's she's she should be on her way to Lullaby Land by now, but yeah. But for sure, the best time for us is after the kids go down and there's no like distracting games on like the NBA, mm -hmm. your favorite shows aren't on, like you don't have client meetings, like there's nothing going on. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not exhausted when it's not so late at night that like we can barely keep our eyes open. Like we're both right. available. Right. That's important. So make sure you find that right time. Mm -hmm. That's our first tip yep. for you and your spouse to have this conversation. And it is nice to go somewhere to kind of it treat is. yourself because it can be a tough conversation talking about money with your spouse, but everything's a little bit better with coffee. It's true. Even if you don't drink coffee, you can get a, what can you get? Like a smoothie? A get frappuccino. A frappuccino. Well, I guess it's that's coffee, coffee in it. We really like coffee. You can get a hot chocolate. <laughs> yes, a hot chocolate. A matcha? Tea? Sure. I don't know what that is. And that didn't sound good at all. acai strawberry drink? Very nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like that. That was uh, make it fun. My father right there. That was Roy Graham trying to say <laughs> chipotle, chipotle, trying to say things. That was oh. awesome. All right, tip number two: mm -hmm. be open and honest. So honesty is crucial when it comes to discussing money matters with your spouse. Be open about your financial goals your concerns and any mistakes you may have made in the past. Mm -hmm. Encourage your partner to do the same. I like to be of the proponent when I, when I talk to my clients and they're trying to figure out how to have the conversation with their spouse. Don't start with the numbers. Um, that can be really hard for people to listen to, especially if there's a lot of like anxiety around numbers. Start with the dreams. Start, and this is good, like if you're the logical person and you like the numbers, that's great, good for you. Keep them to yourself for right now. You wanna get your partner into the conversation by talking about the dreams you both have. Um, and that's when you're open and honest about that, then you can kind of go next to it and say, okay, well, 
what if I, I feel like some of these things can happen now. Do you want to map it out together? And now you're having a budget conversation because you have a purpose behind it. You're a very rare breed if numbers do it for you. Like if numbers yeah. like turn you on and you're like, mm, mm. See, numbers, yeah. oh girl, you got me now. Like <laughs> I am so excited for this conversation. Or oh man, number, like See, you're a rare person if you love numbers. I don't I, like I do numbers. love some good, I love numbers. I'm a good numbers person. Like I love it. But it doesn't excite me. It doesn't yeah. wow me. So don't don't start with the numbers. I like numbers now only because I know what they mean. Because, for example, I know when I see certain numbers and I see them show up in my accounts, I'm like, that's a vacation. <laughs> mm. So so to me, numbers make me happy doing the work of, of knowing what I need to make or knowing what we are spending or knowing how much we're saving at the end of the month makes me excited because I know that's the difference between me like waiting another month for, you know, whatever thing we're going after or me being able to get it this month if I just like you know, tweak some things around with my certain habits, right? So I, I always have some type of like tangible excitement around it, which makes me excited to look at my money. And the reason why Kim says start with the dreams is because look, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It's hard to be open and honest mm -hmm. about your financial mistakes. It's hard to talk about your concerns and your goals. Like it is, it's a tough conversation, but the thing is, you both have dreams, right? Kim, you have dreams. Got a dream. I've got a dream. I'm not there with you. What was that? Tangled. Oh. My Disney nerds know that. Man. Yes. Yeah, I'm be the floating lantern. It's gleam. I will say that I am I'm way more like musically inclined. Like if you're yeah. giving me lyrics from a musical, I'm probably gonna nail it. But when you bring up lyrics from like a Disney I'm surprised because our girls listen to that soundtrack and listen to specifically Rapunzel they do. because that is her favorite. That's Sophia's favorite. I uh, yeah, I, song all the time. Man, I feel kind of bad that I didn't yeah, get that. You failed. It's good. <sighs> it's all right. It's all right. Diggity dog. Diggity dog. All right. So it's a hard conversation. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Like it is, it is tough to talk about your mistakes and right. your concerns, but I think taking that first step mm -hmm. is everything for your partner. Like if your partner sees you're pouring yourself out and you're being open and transparent and honest, like they're going to be like, wow, like I really appreciate that authenticity. Yeah. And they will have an easier time taking that step because you took the first step. Right. Right. You broke the barrier it's a lot easier for them to walk through as well. And dreams are just a great way to knock that barrier down because you both have dreams. Dream. Everybody I does. I have a dream. Even if your dream <laughs> is to just sit in a lazy boy and watch football all day, that's but a dream. Really, right? Do you want to be able to do that and still be able to pay our bills and not have to worry about anything? Well, bro, let's get on a plan. Right. So talk about your dreams together. Be open and honest so that you guys can know what you're both mm -hmm. trying to pursue and get after. Tip number three. Mm -hmm. Avoid criticizing or blaming. Y'all, the amount of things that I hear about spouses and fighting and he said, she said, and you're spending so much time. We're going to talk about this later, but um, remember the goal of our safe place. It's to have open and honest conversation. And we can't, We talk, I think we said a little bit about this last time. We can't pierce that bubble with um, just with negativity and with you did this, you did that because you're tarnishing the relationship, the tether that you have between you and your spouse. Um, so you got to remember that the goal is to be open and vulnerable and that, that you, you have to honor that. 
Right. And you're speaking to the safe place that we described in the last episode. We described it as a very fragile environment. Mm -hmm. It's very delicate. And once you said poked or popped that bubble, I mean, you've shattered the safe place environment. You've no longer cultivated this environment of open and honest Honest and transparent communication. It's gone. And you're going to have to recreate that and recultivate that. And you're probably not going to do that in that moment. You're probably going to have to walk away, take a break, come back, try again. But you you can't criticize, right? So it's important to avoid criticizing or blaming your partner for past financial mistakes Mm -hmm. or current financial challenges. And instead, you need to focus on finding solutions together. Yes. So like you said, yeah. you need to remember the goal of the safe place. Like why, why are you having this conversation? There's a reason you're coming together to have this money talk. Maybe it's your aspirations, where you're trying to get to. Maybe it's what you're trying to get out of. Right. Right. But there's a reason. Maybe you're just confused. You don't know what's, you just want clarity. Right. Right. Maybe things aren't good or bad. They're just kind of, they just are, but you just, you want to be in the know. Like there's a reason you're having this conversation. So remember that goal Mm -hmm. and know that in order to achieve that goal, if you're criticizing or blaming for anything, rolling your eyes, like body language, you know what I mean? Like you will never accomplish that goal mm -mm. with those kinds of actions. You're always going to be going in a cycle. And um, I think about this too. You and I have very different learning styles and very different ways that we approach things. Um, I am much more talkative and I need a lot more, um, I think early on when we started looking at our finances together, I needed a lot, I needed him to talk it through to me like I was five because I was like, this is new to me. This is different to me. I don't really know what this means. Can you explain why we only have this much in our account? Can you explain why, like why, what does our system look like? And I want to understand it better, but can you explain it to me? So there's patience on your end because you understood it and it would have been so easy for you to be like, don't worry about it. I got it. And just like dismissed me, you know, but you were like, okay. And you explained it to me like 10 times until I finally understood it. But I'm a financial coach now, so obviously but I think that works. <laughs> what needs but. to be heard there is if you're the money person in the relationship or if you're the numbers person, know that this is the first time right. that you guys are coming together having this conversation. Right. It doesn't just happen. Right. Right. It and you takes can't expect time. them. Yeah, you can't expect them to meet you at your level. They have to get to that level. So you have to kind of it's not about dumbing down, but you have to get to their level to say, okay, we're going to do this together, right? So let me just take us one step further. And it, you have to, as a person who's a numbers person, get over that frustration, right? Push it away. It's not frustration. You're still going to get to your destination. You're going to get there 10 times faster if you're doing it together, right? So getting over that frustration that might come with it and just going like, okay, I need to help my partner. It's like a relay race. I need to help my partner understand what's happening so then we can get through this race together. Dare we say go slow to go fast? Dare we say, I think we should say it in every single episode. Go slow. Is that going to become our mantra? I think it might be. Live in love, walk in wealth. Go go slow slow to go fast. To go fast. Mm, Yes. Whether it's in intimacy (laughs) or it's in financial gain. Too much? (laughs) If you've been on his Instagram uh, lately, he's been quite reckless. Um, it's funny. Me? Never. <laughs> Quite reckless. So um, I think we already talked about taking a break and using I statements, right? So using I statements is super important. You never want it to be like, well, you did this, you did that. Even when you're going through numbers, you did this, you did. 
that's not really helpful. It has to be, well, I noticed that I did this. Take responsibility because that shows an example of what you want the other, like the expectation of how it, how it's supposed to be in this conversation. I'm not saying that that other person is going to recognize it immediately. You can, and you can welcome them into the conversation and say things like, is there anything that you notice? Right. From looking at the numbers, right? That way you're inviting them to say something about it. Um, and again, this takes time, but you have to start with yourself and showing that you're making a difference and a change and a shift. And it will, it will takes time, but it will work. And again, we went on, we went into depth on yes, I statements. I'm trying in not to. It is hard need to get into Graham fam. I'm just saying, cause there's some, there's some serious gold there. But the you statements with criticism and blaming is when you say you did such and such to me, or you did this, that, and whatever. I state, I statements puts it more on yourself and you say, you know, I feel, I'm just going to keep it childish here. I feel sad when? when you say this to me because it brings on that empathy. When you use an I statement, it brings about empathy for the, like the person yeah. has to have that empathy and say, you know what? Maybe I didn't think about it that way that it makes you feel like this. So you're not attacking you're not saying anything about the other person. You're just saying, hey, I feel like this when this happens. I And there's going to be... They have to respond to your later. emotions. Right. We're going to talk about this a little bit later because there's definitely different responses there. And you need to understand warning lines and red, red flags for yourself. But we'll talk about that later. Hey, hey, guys, this is Kim Graham, co-host of the Affluent Marriage Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your episode so far. And I know that you're like, wait, hold on, there's more here. And there is. It's in the next episode. <laughs> we hope that you guys are going to join us over there. And in the meantime, if you're waiting, join us on Instagram at the Affluent Marriage Pod because we'd love to connect with you, converse with you. We want you guys to message us, see how you're doing and how you're enjoying the podcast. We want to hear all of those things and we cannot wait to help you live in love and walk in wealth in the next episode. See you guys soon.